Welcome to Groundwater Canada, the podcast, where we talk about issues of interest to the groundwater industry. Groundwater Canada is a national trade publication for water well, geotechnical and environmental drillers, pump installers, scientists, engineers, product suppliers, and others whose work relates to groundwater. Hi, and welcome to Groundwater Canada, the podcast. I'm your host, Colleen Cross of Groundwater Canada magazine. Thanks for joining us from your office, truck, or in the field, wherever you may be, we're glad you've tuned in. Our podcast is brought to you by Canadian Pipe and Pump Supply Inc. We manufacture and supply a full complement of drilling, environmental, and geotechnical products that make it easy for our customers to one-stop shop at our four locations in Ontario. We enhance products with technical support and service tailored to your needs. This is the third of three podcasts exploring the footprint left during drilling for domestic water wells and dewatering wells. We're looking at developments in sustainability and having a discussion of what the groundwater industry can do to reduce its impact on the environment. We'll call this episode a view from the industry. In episode one, we shared results of an industry survey we did. We talked about what legislation is underway federally and in Ontario as one example. In episode two, we talked with the Circular Innovation Council about how the regulations work for industrial recycling versus residential recycling. My co-host is Mike Hare, Sales and Marketing Manager for Canadian Pipe and Pump Supply Inc., well-known in our industry as CanPipe. Welcome, Mike. Thanks, Colleen. Glad to be uh, wrapping up this third podcast. I think we're, we're tying up loose ends from the beginning now to actually dealing with those contractors we have in the field. I'm glad to get started and listen to what they have to say. Yes, me too. Mike and I are joined by Matt Wilson and Darren Juno. Darren is Chief Executive Officer of Aardvark Drilling, Inc. Aardvark is based in Guelph, Ontario, with locations in Ottawa and London. The company provides drilling services throughout southern Ontario, eastern Canada, and Bermuda since 2002. They do mineral exploration, well abandonment, hydrogeological, geotechnical, environmental drilling, and lots of other services. Darren served as president of the Ontario Groundwater Association from 2014 to 2017. Welcome, Darren. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Matt is co-vice president with Brother Johnny of J.B. Wilson and Son Well Drilling Limited in Springfield, Ontario, where he's been since 2004. J.B. Wilson's is a full-service water well drilling company offering a wide range of water treatment products and services that's been in operation since, and this is hard to believe, the 1880s in one form or another. That's your fifth generation, Matt, I believe. Yeah. That's wonderful. And Matt is is the current president of the OGWA. Welcome, Matt. Great to be here. Thanks. Thank you. Great to have you both here, all of you. We'll start right in. Um, Why do you think it's important for contractors in the groundwater industry to reduce, reuse, and recycle their waste? And we'll start with you, Matt. It's very important to our industry to, you know, to recycling, to be conscious about our environment. You know, we're dealing with groundwater. We're, you know, stewards of that natural resource. And the more we can reduce contamination, reduce the impact on our environment, the better we are and the, the more sustainable our industry is going to be going forward. Surface water sources are becoming more polluted every day with microplastics and hormones and fertilizer runoff and all the other things that get into surface water. So we need to do everything we can to protect our groundwater and, and recycling is just you know an extension of doing that. All right. Well said. Darren, any thoughts on that? Yes, uh, I echo Matt's sentiments totally. I mean, the way the world is moving is certainly towards reduce, reuse and recycle. 
you know, we owe to the environment and to, you know, future generations to follow that. In particular for our business, because we're doing work in the environmental field, doing environmental investigations, environmental remediations, almost seems like there's an extra onus on us to ensure that we're doing our part to minimize any impact to, in particular, the site we're on, but also to environment in general. Well said. Just to voice what you said, Darren, it's important. We have a lot of, and I'm using air, air quotes of environmental companies that, you know, that do this type of business, but I'm not really sure if they really are environmentally conscious. It's in their name. So that's really one of the things that, you know, I'm curious about as we go down this road is, you know, how many people are aware of this. So thanks for that explanation. Uh, I'll go back to you on a, a next question. It's going to be two parts. So I'll start with Darren on the first part. Does Aardvark participate in recycling of, of well-building products? Yes, we do. I have to say I was a bit, uh, you know, embarrassed when the thought of recycling the packaging came up. I got to be honest, like, I just never even considered that. And once it was brought to my attention through this podcast, I went back and took a look at our usage of products such as sand, hole plug, Benseal, uh, quick growth, all that stuff. We go through about 1500 bags per month. So when I took a look at those numbers, I was like, wow, that's a lot of garbage that we're generating that I didn't even consider that should be removed from the stream. And, you know, you really shine a bright light on that. That was a huge hole in our recycling process that given what we found so far, there's not really a lot of options for us on what to do. So we do uh, what the industry had said as far as, you know, recycling metal is easy. That's something that can be done quite easily. Recycling the cardboard packaging that the products come in, that can be done easy. But the actual packaging or uh, PVC generated from well decommissioning or even the pieces that we cut off that are not needed, I currently don't have a place to put them other than into a, into a bin to be a landfill. So it was a big eye opener for me. Okay, thanks, Darren. Matt, uh, same question, two part. Do you, does your company participate in the um, recycling of uh, well building products and what, what types of products are you recycling? Yeah, we, we participate where we can, but as was mentioned, there isn't a lot of avenues for for a lot of the products or packaging that we have. You know, this stuff like scrap material, steel, extra submersible cable, those types of things, we're able to take to the scrap dealers and, you know, get a little bit of money out of it. Uh, you know, cardboard is easy to recycle, but as far as plastics and styrofoam and, you know, sort of packaging materials, that stuff is, there's really no stream for it seems like the recycling stream is focused on household recycling, juice boxes and food containers and those types of things. When it comes to, you know, more commercial industrial recycling, it doesn't seem to be on the radar. Where we are, they don't recycle plastic bags. They recycle, you know, some of the plastics up to like a number five, but any sort of the more durable plastics, they don't recycle. Sometimes if we put stuff in the bin, they take it. Sometimes if we put stuff in the bin, they don't. It seems if the sort of what they deem more industrial or commercial recycling if it's mixed in with a few pop cans and, you know, some plastic stuff that they recognize, they take it. If not, they don't take it. But my guess is when it gets to the recycling facility, three quarters of it just goes in the garbage anyways. There isn't an avenue to recycle a lot of the stuff that, that we develop as, as sort of byproducts. There's just nowhere to put it for the most part. Okay. Great. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Darren, for, for, the, uh, for your update. I will say the reason why I kind of started this podcast journey is when I started looking at this as a, as a tool for Cam Pipe to say, hey, buy your PVC and then we'll take your, your cuts. We'll take all that back as a means to help with the environment. When I started researching this a lot more, it really came back to me that 
we don't recycle it. It's way too expensive to recycle this type of PVC in Ontario. There is a recycler in, in the U.S. that does this, but trying to get all this product together in one location and then say, okay, here it is to pick up, that's a huge task and initiative. But we did join up with the Innovation Council. We are members of that uh, industry now to get this information, to get this intel, to meet with industry folks, to find out, okay, is there somewhere down the road we're going to be able to start recycling PVC in Ontario? Because there certainly is a demand for it. The challenge is there's so many different grades of PVC. And of course, ours is the most difficult, ours being um, the PVC, uh, more difficult because of the uh, cost of recycling it itself. So this is where this podcast is going to carry on as we get into next year. Campipe working with Groundwater Canada and hopefully Ontario Groundwater Association, we can bring light to some of these things to start, you know, getting some movement, whether it's on the PVC or as Matt had alluded to, just the plastic. Because that was the challenge we saw from both Fed, provincial, and municipal. They weren't lockstep, right? It's completely different. You go to one municipality, it's a different recycling than another. So I think them coming up with the Canada Plastics Pack changes, we should have some sort of line of sight. Just to clarify with both of you, you've talked about how you recycle. Do you recycle anything at the drilling site or is it all taken back to the shop, Uh, Matt? For our recycling, we basically bring everything back to the shop and, you know, divvy it up to the appropriate spots at that point. Typically on job sites, the only thing that's there is a dumpster. If that, you know, if it's more of a construction site, it's just a dumpster that everybody throws everything in and nobody recycles anything. So we, you know, the only way we can recycle is to bring it back to the shop and and do what we can and and separate stuff out. And, you know, even when we do that, we can't recycle as much as we want to. So, Right. Darren? Yeah, the same for us as well. Nothing is recycled on site. We bundle it all up, take it back to the shop, and then recycle the best that we can once it's there. So then it just becomes an additional labor cost at that point in time to try to do what's right. Yeah. So Matt, what hurdles have you encountered in trying to recycle? What does your business need to be more sustainable? I guess the hurdles for us for the industrial side is somewhere to send the items. There's household stuff, like I mentioned, like cardboard and plastic food containers and that kind of stuff is easy to do. But a lot of the things we use, are just, there isn't a spot for it to go. In an ideal world, there would be, you know, whether it's at the distributor's location, you pick up a roll of polypipe, you drop off the stuff, your, your ends and your bits and the stuff that you used up. You pick up a bunch of PVC, you send your ends and your bits and the little pieces back. You know, UV bulbs for ultraviolet disinfection. I take those back to, they have a bin at Canadian Tire where you take old fluorescent bulbs. And, you know, I know you can't really recycle them because there's mercury in them, but they still need to be disposed of properly. So you buy new bulbs, you take the old bulbs back. If there was some type of, of program like that, where the distributors could be the collection point, I think that would that would really help us out. You know, we're there all the time picking up items or getting things delivered, we could, you know, sort of do it in reverse and take back the ends and some of the recycling materials you need to take back if, if there were that type of program set up, whether it's bins outside or, you know, whatever it might be, that would be an easy spot for us to do that type of thing. I think from, from the government side, there needs to be an incentive to recycle versus, it seems like there's an incentive to not recycle now. It takes more time and money to do it right. It's just easier for people to throw things out. So there needs to be some type of disincentive to just throwing things out. You know, big picture there are, but short-term pocketbook, there isn't. So we just need to try to try to figure out what the best way is to do that. Darren? Once again, Matt and I agree. Matt, we're, we're in lockstep on this one. Um, I was thinking as Matt was talking that it almost seems it's, it's not that there's necessarily roadblocks 
that the government has put up. It's that the end users don't know what to do with the product. I think we would be willing to do what it would take to get it done, but we need a roadmap to get there. And without it, we're all just scratching our heads. We have all this product that's currently going into just into a garbage stream and we don't know what to do with it. Uh, you know, an incentive would be fantastic. But even if there was just a plan on what to do, I think you would see a lot of people fall in line because intuitively it's the right thing to do and it has to go somewhere. So let's get it in the right spot. But we just don't have direction. There, there is a cost to not recycling. It's just we don't see that cost right now. The cost is there's no more room in the landfill. The cost is trucking garbage from Toronto to London. The cost is another giant hole in the ground somewhere, or they're trying to fill up an old quarry with all the garbage because there's no more dump sites. There, there's a cost to not doing it, but those costs are tomorrow's costs and not today's costs. So people don't seem to care. It's like climate change. It's like all these other environmental issues. That's some, a can you can kick down the road, but you got to stop kicking at some point because eventually there's not going to be anywhere to put it. Yeah. I'm wondering, uh, and, and without necessarily talking about specific names or job sites, but Darren, can you talk about, do you have any concerns about what may be happening on some job sites? And, and if so, uh, can you share some of those? I'll just clarify the question. Do you mean in regards to the like recycling? What, what in, is it in, in terms of recycling. I don't know how much experience you have with other job sites other than your own or what you hear, but just wanted to give you a chance to bring anything forward. I, I don't I don't have a lot of concerns in regards to if there's anything, you know, untowards that's being done on on projects. Worst case scenario, uh, we're not responsible for bringing the supplies. So any of the waste generated is out of my control. So at least if I'm bringing the products, then I know can, what can be recycled is being recycled. What is waste is going in, into dumpsters. And so that way I have care and control over the product. If the client or the purchaser of, of our services is supplying the product, then I don't know what's happening to, to the waste after that point in time. But in general, we bring it and provide it and take care of it until it gets into, uh, into the proper stream. Right. It's a good point about uh, the more players that are, all invo- are involved, uh, the more you have to think about. How about you, Matt? For the most part, I don't think recycling is happening on job sites. You know, there's a garbage bin, uh, but there's not a recycling bin. You know, so even things that are easily recycled, even stuff from workers' lunches, you know, whatever it is, it's all just going in the garbage bin because there isn't a recycling option. And then the only other thing would be sometimes there's just a, you know, not so much in the cities, but a lot of our stuff is is more rural uh, where we're located. And there's often a fire going where there's just people just throw things in and it's not just wooden cardboard, it's whatever. So, so that's, basically as long as the neighbors don't complain people will throw stuff on the fire so that's even worse than having to go to the landfill probably so there's just not a lot of options for it for it happening on job sites and as far as other well contractors or groundwater contractors obviously if we're there somebody else isn't so i really don't know what other you know what other folks are doing specifically on site other than what i you know gather at meetings in here obviously we haven't been able to do that for a while so it's it's uh, there's nothing fresh in my memory as far as that part goes Right. I just yes. like to elaborate a bit on what Matt said, Get, getting back to the point that there's no clear path on what's going on. There's also who handles the waste. There's, I'll call it public generated, like household garbage that's run by the municipalities. But then there's also the garbage stream that's picked up by private carriers. So our bins at our, at our shop, we have one bid that bin that we dump all recycling into. And I'm told that it gets 
separated properly where it goes to. So we might put in, you know, recyclable plastic and re- and cardboard into the same bin, and then it gets divided by that private carrier and goes into its appropriate streams. So, Matt, I, I agree, it's probably just all dumped into one bin and it just goes into the into the garbage pile. But maybe in that municipality, that carrier takes it back to a warehouse and then separates it all because everything is scattered and there's no clear direction. We don't know. We assume, I think it's the right assumption, but but do we know 100% that that's what happens to it? Sometimes that just depends on what, which guy's driving the truck that day who decides to throw what in what bin. It comes down to it comes down to just sort of the human nature of it too, that no matter what bin you put it in, somebody's still got to care where it goes. Yeah. Is, is, it a, is it a Friday afternoon and it's, I just got to get the heck out of here? And then it's, what's the easiest option? Yep. Yeah, you're right. Definitely. So Matt, I have a, like, I guess a final question. So as being current president of the, uh, of the OGWA, we're kind of making this, you know, become a topic within the industry. And I'm curious, is there anything that OGWA can help out with moving forward as we get into the, to the new year? Most definitely. You know, we're more than willing to help and participate in any, any of these recycling programs or, or policies that we're developing here. You know, there is quite a large network and most of the major contractors are members of our association. So we want to discuss it at our training meetings and, you know, we'll bring it up at our next board meeting coming up here in a couple of weeks. We have another Zoom meeting coming up. There's avenues that we can connect with the MOE. We're, you know, we're constantly dealing with the MOE on a variety of issues so we can uh, bring it up to them that it's something we're, you know, we want to be more proactive on it. You know, there's lots of the various uh, social media platforms that the Groundwater Association uses with our outreach to our members and we're, we're you know, more than willing to promote and, and drive this project. It's something that uh, we're excited about being involved with. That's great. So Camp Pipe isn't leaving it here after this podcast. We are working with Groundwater Canada. I actually put a, a page in the Groundwater Canada magazine every quarter, an environmental page dedicated to environmental issues or things like that. So hopefully we can use that as a form for information on recycling or if there's any anything that GWA has done or reached out to to help with the initiative. So this isn't just a one-shot deal as far as campite's concerned. We want to make sure that we can keep pushing this out through the industry. So that's good to know from your end. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And I can see there being uh, things about it in our newsletter, articles and in, in the source, success stories, and how do you recycle on your job site? You know, a little bit of a feature I can I can see is doing, uh, you know, doing lots of stuff like that to help promote the issue. Super. Thank you. That's a great idea. And I'll mention it. Uh, yeah, focus on the environment. The page, uh, which will be brought to you by Can Pipe, and that'll be all throughout 2022. So we'll have updates of legislation, things that are going on, but also, as you allude to, that's a way that you can keep in touch with us about what's going on on, on your site and ideas you have, maybe some solutions. I just was going to ask Matt. I don't. Has there been an article specifically about recycling in the source? Uh, there hasn't been, uh, but we're always looking for uh, you know yeah. for content and, and materials to. I- to, to I think that's the a great topic. So I think that would be, uh, you know, a great thing to have an article on and, and get sure. it in there. It's, it's, and like you say, people, people aren't against recycling. They just need a helpful reminder and and some yeah. incentives and some direction. And, and yep. we're more than willing. People need a little reminder sometimes about how important it is. People want to do it. It's just having the resource to do it, or get frustrated because you know their municipality might not be recycling at this point in time. So. Those are all good, good answers. I think for the most part, and I think the survey, original survey that we did, uh, I think it was 70%, over 70, 80%, Colleen, that wanted to do recycling. Yeah, 100% were for it. 
And I think the number you're looking at, Mike, was 70% do participate in recycling. And then that other percentage is maybe a little uncertain about what to do with their materials. Okay. But we've got, I say two, but really three great leaders here talking about these things. And this is, I think, how it starts. And we're eager to hear uh, more ideas from you. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to bring up at this point in the podcast, Matt? I think we all want to do it. We, we need to just make it easier for, for folks to do. People only see the cost or the problem with recycling. They don't see the cost of not recycling. But those costs are there. The costs are in the you know environmental damage. The cost is in filling up the dump and then you got to find another spot for a dump. The cost is absorbed in other parts of the economy. If the true cost of not recycling was paid for in the cost of the product, a lot more people would recycle a lot sooner and more. But, you know, the only way to, to make that happen is for the government to set up the program where you do recycle and that manufacturers are, are, are responsible for the costs of that cradle to grave recycling process. And, yeah, they're going to send those costs on to the customer, but people need to know what that cost is and pay for it. It's sort of like, you know, the cost of carbon. People know there's a cost, but they don't pay for it right now. They pay for it in infrastructure and spending billions of dollars rebuilding roads and railroads out in B.C. and rebuilding downtowns and floodplain buildings. There's a cost to it. People are starting to realize that cost more now, but that's tomorrow's cost. That's not today's cost. If you know you incentivized participation versus having the general cost spread over the taxpayers over the course of 30 years, then more people would do it now. But that cost isn't in what we do. All right. Excellent point. Darren, I'll kind of give you a last word. Do you want to make another comment? I think Matt had the last word. I think that's perfect what he said that, you know, it's not there. People don't realize it. I, I'm curious if uh, the manufacturers and suppliers have an idea on on a cost for that. If there was a push from the government to have manufacturers go cradle to grave with their product, do they have an idea of what of what the cost is? Yeah, good point. That's good a good point. point. <laughs> Yeah, I think, and I think that's one of the things discussed in, in the other podcast, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, Mike, uh, about the the cost, uh, manufacturer costs. So that's one of the things the government is is looking at. That's really what Joanne was explaining. Was now this circular economy now is going to be responsibility in the blue box program, right? I get the idea. I just don't know how it's going to be put in place. On that note, we'll leave our listeners thinking about these issues. And I hope you all do. Uh, They're very important. We invite you all to get in touch with Groundwater Canada and share your thoughts, your concerns, ideas you have, problems you've encountered. Thank you, Matt, Darren, and Mike. We appreciate you taking the time. And it's a very busy time for all of you. Uh, We know coming up to Christmas, it doesn't slow down. We appreciate you taking the time to talk about these important issues surrounding what we leave behind when the work is done and what this industry can do to reduce, reuse, and recycle. I've been speaking with Mike Hare, Sales and Marketing Manager at Canadian Pipe and Pump Supply, Darren Juno, CEO of Aardvark Drilling, and Matt Wilson, co-owner of J.B. Wilson & Son Well Drilling Limited. This is the third in a series of three podcasts looking at reducing our footprint. We'll link podcasts one and two in the information box. In 2022 in Groundwater Canada, we'll keep the information flowing and we hope uh, you all will reach out to us in the new Focus on the Environment page brought to you by CanPipe. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks, Colleen. Thanks, Colleen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Groundwater Canada, the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with others in the industry and let us know what you'd like to hear in future episodes.